welcome to the Nitty Gritty, brought to you by the good folks at Beyond the Big Ten. I am Penn State men's basketball beat writer John Sauber. He is Tim Frazier, Penn State men's basketball legend, who played at Rec Hall uh, about a decade ago, which is mm. feels like a long time ago, if I'm being honest. Uh, and, and Penn State did the same thing last night. We're going to jump right into that because, Tim, I, I don't know that anyone saw that coming. Um. I think if you look at the stats and you look at the paper on paper, they weren't supposed to. But I think that this team has shown all year, all year round when it backs up against the ball after, what was it, three losses in a row, the situation yep. going on with, the, with Kanye Clary, everything against them, they were able to rally. And I think um, I think this is the perfect pitcher for this team. So, you know, I know a lot of people didn't pick him to win, but I had, I had him with a slight shot of winning just because um, of everything that was going on. A lot of times, and I've been on teams where drastic things happen that uh, it brings the team, either the team folds or it brings the team closer together and they have a lot more juice. Um, you see it in situations like in, when coaches get fired and the next game they come out and they play or um, guys get hurt. The, you know, Happened with Ohio hurt. State beating Correct. Purdue last week when Chris Oakley Correct. got fired. It's, game after. It's, it, it, it's, it's kind of like a shake to a shake into the group, to shake the group up and like, hey, man, it's time to – Let's let's rally together and pull out the win. But man, credit to them, man. I, I I've been saying it the last couple of weeks. Credit to Coach Rhodes because man, to be able to put bring a team together when something that's that's like when he had to make such a big decision on on Kanye um, and bring the team together and be able to have them focus to be able to play a top fifteen team in the country in Rec Hall where it's going to be a lot of fans and the whiteout and everything that was surrounding the game to be able to have that team ready to go. And even when they were down to be able to come back and fight through and get that win, man, you got to give, I, I, I'm continuing to give him credit for what he's been able to do this year and especially what he did last night. Yeah. And, and you know, you said it like it, it did feel like one of the situations where, you know, rec hall, Illinois, isn't like they're good, but they are susceptible. It felt like Penn state might've had a shot, but like just watching that game being there, like it felt like, they kept giving the crowd reason to buy in and they would cut it to like seven and they would cut it yeah. to like 10 and then Illinois would pull back away and take it to double digits. If it was at seven or take it back to 15, if it was at 12 and then with two thirty-five left, they lead by 10 Illinois does. And with 35 seconds left, Illinois led by seven. Uh, yeah. I talked to a couple people on the, the Penn state beat about this. The way that game ended is like once in a lifetime stuff. Like an eight zero run in the last thirty five seconds is crazy. Like I in have college I is, is is insane. Yeah, in college yeah. is definitely insane. Especially with the thirty the thirty second shot clock, right? Like right, in the right. NBA, it's like okay, you hit a three and then get a stop, and then you hit another three. And it's like, all right, it's two point yeah. game. You get to play. Yeah, and the advancing with timeouts. So Illinois, Jamil Brown pulls up for a three in transition, which uh, I asked him about actually after the game. I thought it was the right play, but I think a lot of people will kind of bristle at that. Uh, he had two rebounders in front of him. There was only one Illinois defender in front of him, so it was a two-on-one if he missed for a rebound. Uh, he hits the shot. They're down four. The, the, the big thing that happened, I think, that, that people are overlooking, Illinois trying to inbound the ball has to call a timeout, and then they yeah. inbound it, and then and they, they have to run. call another timeout, right? And so it's mm -hmm. like now they're out. And you can't run the baseline because you've already inbounded it the second time. They get it into Terrence Shannon, who gets stripped by Jameel Brown, who, again, was enormous in that game. Uh, Puff Johnson picks it up, gets the layup. And that's when it was like 89 to 87. And you were like, oh, boy. I was like, this mm -hmm. is – I felt bad for everyone who was writing game stories from it because you would, could just hear them deleting everything they had already written mm -hmm. to start over because it was going to be a completely different outcome. 
Uh, and, and, you know, that's probably a good way to talk about the game being at rec hall because Coleman Hawkins goes to the line. I think he's like an 82% free throw shooter and misses both. And what I think some would call a case of ball don't lie because it looked like he traveled uh, before he was found. Uh, and, you know, I, I, there was some uproar in rec hall and credit to the fans. That was a, a raucous crowd. If I've ever seen one, yeah. they, they were like willing them to a victory on some level, but for him to miss two free throws as in like an 80% free throw shooter is not just like improbable. It's, it's like almost impossible, right? He is too good yeah. of a shooter to miss. And you wonder how much like it's a new sight line. He hasn't played there before the crowd behind the, the student sections behind the, you know what I mean? The, the, the backboard, he can see them as he's shooting. And then you get like, and I know I'm just running through what happened here, but it is, it's still unbelievable. And like, I'm still processing it on some level for Zach Hicks. Like they, they were trying to get ace Baldwin downhill. Cause Rhodes mentioned this after the game, when I asked him about it, they're trying to get ace downhill. He gets walled off and he makes the right play and pitching it to Hicks behind him who just rises up and fires with four seconds yeah. left. Like no fear goes for it. And Hawkins commits the foul there, goes to the line, said he wasn't thinking about anything, right? Like he said, he was like essentially clear-minded as he was shooting those free throws to hit all three. And then even then, it was like, yes, they just went on an 8-0 run in 30 seconds. Illinois has the ball with four seconds left and gets a shot at the oh, rim. Yeah, yeah, like a legitimate, like, like one of those things Lay where up. I was like, <laughs> oh man, like this is about to be like from like an uproar, the fans are like, you know, over the moon to like devastation in a second. Cause he got there and he put it up and I was like, that's going in. Uh, yeah. It falls off the rim. Fans storm the court. Uh, I just like the, the idea of playing at rec hall is so good for this team. Uh, there are, there are logistical reasons why it won't happen full time, but man, to me, this feels like something they got to do more than once, definitely more than once every 10 years. And frankly, I think more than once a year. And I talked to, uh, you know, I already reported this and, you know, my game story, but I talked to a program source who said that the plan is to play there more moving forward, right? Like this will not be, you know, they won't be waiting like, uh, like everyone had to wait between now and Princeton. Yeah. I, credit record, phenomenal venue is you've seen it in volleyball, you've seen it in wrestling and now you're able to see it in basketball on a, on a, on a, on a big stage because of the win against a high um, ranked opponent. Um, but I do want to slow everybody's role. Like everybody's I, I've seen on Twitter, I've seen everybody say, oh, no, we should just move the basketball to record. Like you said, logistics is a huge issue. It's and at not the same easy. time. I think yeah, it's not easy. And at the same time, the reason this game was so packed and so special, I hate to say it, is because it's a rarity. Like, so if you tell me that, hey, every game is at record, it might not be as packed and full as it was last night. So my thing is like when when it's a rare occasion, like a whiteout, when it's a whiteout at, in the football games, everybody comes. It's a whiteout. It's a special game. It's already marked on the calendar. It's the same thing. I think Penn State basketball should continue to use it as that. I do think there should be more games this in the season played there, but we should circle on the calendar. Hey, this is what the, we're going to have. We're going to play. Hey, is this certain have a game in the Big Ten, have a non-conference game and or two games in the Big Ten there and just use it as there. Maybe three games a season to be hey, but this is. This is a game circle that we're going to have a rec hall. Just how the promotion and what they've done the last three, four days before leading up to that game. That's all you heard about. Rec hall this, rec hall yeah. that, rec hall that, white out, white out, white out. So it, it, it brought the attention to, hey, you know what? This game's not at the BJC anymore. It's somewhere else. Hey, man, maybe we'll come today. Hey, it's going to be a big game. We're playing uh, top 15 Illinois. Um, let's go out there. Let's. You got extra fans that probably didn't come or wouldn't have come to the BJC because of the the rarity of like, you know what, well, let's go back and get this old feeling of what it used to be like when we played at the BJC. 
Well, and the way Penn State handled it, I thought was interesting because it was so it was only open to season ticket holders, as far as I know, mm-hmm. and there was no like secondary market for it, uh, which mm-hmm. I, I thought was strange. Which was why I think yeah. it was it wasn't entirely full. It was six thousand one hundred and fifty was the uh, the crowd at the game, but and it holds sixty five hundred. But I, I'm curious your thoughts on this. This is the idea that I've heard thrown around. It's not something I thought of. Other people, plenty of people have come up with this. But the idea of playing essentially all of the midweek Big Ten games, there's four of them this year at Rec Hall. So you'd have four games during the season at Rec Hall when, because those are the nights we all know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like they're rarely Monday games in, you know, January and February where it's just tougher to get fans into the Bryce Jordan Center, right? Like those are the games where you're going to have the smallest crowd. So even if it's not a full Rec Hall, like 4,500 fans at Rec Hall are better than 4,500 at the Bryce Jordan Center. And I think that's a nice way to bridge the gap because part of the issue here is Rec Hall is the home to wrestling. And uh, wrestling has won 10 of the last 12 national titles, is right. probably going to win an 11th of the last 13 uh, this year, probably going to win a 12th the next year too. Like this is, it is a dynastic program that you, I imagine they don't want to mess with, right? They just want to let them do right. their thing. Well, those midweek games don't interfere with wrestling as much, right? There's no wrestling matches during the week. And so you can you can schedule the men's basketball games. And yes, I know it's hard to get the court over there. Like you said too, the logistics aren't easy. Four times a year, I think you can do it. Maybe five if there's a fifth, if the Big Ten is really putting it to Penn State and giving them five midweek home games. But I think that's the situation where it's like, okay, you're also not limiting yourself when it comes to like ticket sales and stuff because you're still having your bigger games, the weekend games at the Bryce Jordan Center. And you have, the, for your smaller games, you're having a better crowd, even if it's smaller. And the other thing is, like, the part of the, the allure of Rec Hall is you want the success to happen there to then draw people to the Bryce Jordan Center on the weekend. And this is going to be a really good test case because they've got Indiana at noon on State Paddy's Day weekend this Saturday Ah. at at the Bryce Jordan Center. So it's like, okay, how many people did they draw in from Rec Hall to get them to come back for the weekend game? Because noon on a Saturday is just easier to get to. Uh, And so I'm Mm -hmm. curious to see, like, again, it's State Paddy's. The student turnout will be interesting to watch. Uh, but I think it's a good test case for how well that can work and how much you can turn like the rec hall fans into the full-time fans. And instead of it becoming a novelty, it's something that, that it's like the, uh, it's like the gatekeeping thing, right? Like it allows them, it gets them in the door and then you get them to stay at the Bryce Jordan center. Cause I hate to break to everyone. They're going to be playing at the Bryce Jordan center for a, for a while, as far as I know. For sure. So. For sure. Um, I, I think that's a possibility. Like it's first time me hearing that I think, Hey, it's only four games during the week. Why not move it into there? Like it, it makes sense. Um, I think my only, if I'm outside looking in, or if I'm a coach, I would want to pick the games. Like, you know, I would want, um, like I said, I get a chance to play a top 15 team yeah. or a top 10 team. I wish like, you know, going into the season, like we knew Illinois was going to be somewhat type of good. So, you know I mean? To be able to circle that game and have that in recall compared to if we're playing, um, Minnesota or, you know, somebody else that, you know I mean? Not saying that that game doesn't matter. Right. Correct. 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 So I I think that would be my, if I'm a coach, because I know from experience from last night that, Hey man, we get a game of Rick Hall more than likely is going to be some type of three, fourth to fourth uh, to fully packed to where we're going to have some type of whiteout, some type of experience. And I want that against, you know, the best team to be able to show what, Hey, this team is all about. And, you know, how these teams playing, man. We want them to continue to win for the rest of the rest of the season. And we talk about next year, we talk about if Penn State becomes a ranked team, 
like we want those games other against other ranked teams to be in that to be have so we can have the the biggest advantage from fans from the atmosphere from familiarity with the with the players as well to be able to play there and just the intensity that 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 venue brought last night and has brought for me when I played and brought for the other teams when they played there as well so yeah, my whole I mean, thing would just be able to if we could pick the games but then again you don't know it's the big time like, you ain't picking anything yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and logistics you never you know what I mean so um it's going to be hard, but I, I, I do want them to be able to somehow figure out if now, you know, one game a year is, is, has been kind of the the minimum. Let's let's try to max it up and see how many we can get there throughout the um, season next year. If not next year, uh, the, the year after that. I would I, – this is not set in stone by any means, so I'm not, like, saying that with a guarantee. Yeah. I would be surprised if they didn't play at least one there next year, and yeah. I would anticipate that it would be more than one next year. Now – you have to work it out like that can change between now and when the schedule is set. So who knows, but you right. mentioned like being able to pick the teams. I think that the upside of that, even if you do play like a Minnesota who maybe isn't perceived as such a great program and I don't know, like Nebraska or someone like that, you still have two, like odds are you're going to get at least two games one. against like yeah. marquee opponents just because right, it's like, one. there aren't a ton of like non brands as you would say, you know what I mean? Like as, as, as we would call them, like it's, it's, it's just likely that you end up getting in Illinois or an Iowa or a Michigan or a Michigan state, just because the big 10 really does have that many schools like that. And it can be tough to project year over year. Who's going to be how good. Um, like you said, we, I, I think we all thought Illinois would be good going into this year. They were a fringe top yeah. 25 team, probably a little bit better than I think people anticipated, which helped out. Same with the upset win over Wisconsin at the BJC. Right. I think like, so it's, it can be tough to gauge, but hundred percent, if there's a way to, guarantee that you're going to get like like maybe there's a conversation with the big 10 like hey we're actually okay with playing this home game in the middle of the week against the team because usually teams want those games on the weekend because they can pack their arena and so it's like okay we're okay with having this game midweek like if you want to schedule that way maybe there's a a give and take there i'm not sure i'm not in those negotiations fortunately because it sounds very stressful yeah uh but yeah i think i think they just have to be there more like it has to be a bigger part question for you john um are those teams from the West Coast, are they in the conference next year? They are, and that is not something that I had actually thought about. And that would be yeah. very entertaining to have, like, a an Oregon in, in Rec Hall uh, for the first time. Uh, although they don't have the – it is funny. They don't have, like, the, the experience of having to endure the BJC and how cavernous right. it is and how empty it is. So maybe you yeah. want them to be scared of the BJC for a little bit for the first time. Like, you want to mm-hmm. bring them in. You want to lure them in with the Bryce Jordan Center, make it real quiet when they're playing a game. And then the next year you hit them with rec hall. And so then they're confused, right? It's a little counterpunch there. Uh, But no, I I do think like that would be, you know, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. I think those would be like a a, a fun way to introduce them to the conference or at least to the the campus, right? For those programs. For me, I was just thinking of the the logistics piece of that, you know what I mean? Because now we're adding those four teams, four or five teams from the West Coast. And and that's going to be a total mess. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to make that. How that how that is how that's even gonna work? You know, I mean, you teams flying from all the way to the East Coast over five five hours, six hours on planes just to play a game. You know, so. And I think I think what we'll probably see is like road trips, right? Where it's like yeah, two games. They're playing, the you know, Rutgers and Penn State and Maryland are all facing like Oregon in the same ten day stretch or something, and then Penn yeah, State yeah. is playing like you know USC UCLA in the same mm-hmm. you know four day stretch or whatever, just to kind of minimize yeah. that travel. Because as we know, it's become about 
the money and that's dictated everything. Uh, and you know, it, it does make it tough on like, I, I, I keep telling people this with football next year, Penn state travels to USC to play football on October 12th and they mm-hmm. have a bye week the week after, which is good. But I like, I don't know when Penn state's going to fly in, like how early they're going to fly into Los Angeles because NFL Sounds players bad. like are used to it, right. Where you have to go in, spend like a day and somewhere and then fly cross country back. I think for a lot of these guys, it's going to be pretty new, right. Where you go in maybe, yeah hopefully Thursday, but maybe Friday play a game Saturday and then immediately, immediately fly back Saturday night. Like I have to imagine that's not going to be easy. Uh, but that is a story for a different podcast. This is, uh, you know, this is still one of the most shocking, I think upsets that I can remember uh, this, this Illinois game specifically, we talked about like the atmosphere of it, right. And the, 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 the mismatch dis- uh, that they, that they had, right. That Illinois had a, one, frankly, a, a big time athleticism advantage, which I don't think yeah. many teams have against Penn State at this point. They're usually pretty, or they've been pretty athletic this year, and they've been able to put the game, uh, put games away with how they run in transition, how they uh, are able to kind of force turnovers. Terrence Shannon was getting the rim at will. Coleman Hawkins was was hitting from deep. Like there were a lot of reasons that Penn State shouldn't have won this game, and I think one that people might point to is one you and I haven't discussed yet, but came before the game when Kanye Clary was dismissed from the team uh, Monday afternoon, it was announced. Uh, I'm not totally sure on the timeline of that one for, uh, you know, any on the record conversations or anything, I'm, you know, comfortable saying uh, publicly at least, but it is a, it's a, it's a strange situation, right? And one that felt like it kind of hit its boiling point. And truth be told, you and I had mentioned a lot this year that there will be people transferring at the end of the year there would be movement that maybe you didn't expect. And this was one of those situations that I was kind of alluding to where there was not, maybe not combustibility potential. Cause I don't think I, I didn't see it ending this way, quite frankly, but I thought there was a chance that, you know, other schools would, would want Kanye because he is, you know, was the leading scorer. And because he uh, is, you know, a, a, a gifted offensive player, who, a gifted scorer specifically. Uh, but this was, like I said, didn't see it coming this way, but I, I'm not overly surprised that the Penn State Kanye Clary relationship ended before his college career ended, I guess is probably the best way to put it. And I thought the most curious comment last night is something you and I have kind of said, but Brad Underwood after that game said like pretty, pretty bluntly that he thought Penn State was better without Kanye Clary. And yeah. I mean, last night they looked it. For me, I, I, for me, I'm very frustrated at this 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 situation because I think a lot of it has to do with the transfer portal. I think guys come into teams and you know, I mean, they, if they don't like it, they're like, you know what, I'll just leave, I'll go somewhere else. And I'm not a fan of it. I, I think that you, when you sign up to certain sign up for certain things, even though things that may not be going your way, it's, it, it's what makes you into a man, what makes you into a better player, what puts you through adversity, and that's what adversity hit for Kanye Clary. And obviously, I don't know, so I'm, I'm I'm speaking on speculation. I hate doing that. We don't know the facts or what happened, but for me, it just seemed like you know what he was because the the halves option. You know what? You know what? I'll just leave. I'll just go somewhere else, or I'll go somewhere where I'm. You know, a lot of people will say, "Hey, where I'm wanted or where I'm respected, or whatever you may be." And at the end of the day, it's not really the case. I don't see Bro. I've, I've never seen Rose as a, as a as a coach that was not didn't respect Kanye, or then I think he does what he believes and he's gonna do what's best for the team. And I think Kanye hit a wall in adversity and he felt like, you know what, I was bigger than the team. 
and, and and that's what I hate that he felt that if that was the case that he felt that he was bigger than the team and he felt that he could you know what this isn't for me I'll just leave and and I just think that you know I mean that's gonna hurt you know him you know later on especially when we talk about you know obviously I don't want it to I want him to be able to be successful go somewhere and be you know play the best he can be continue to grow and become a pro but I do believe that man with this transfer portal, it gives every it gives guys and gives these kids rights to be able to, you know, when adversity hits them and I'll just get I'll just go up and leave because you know what? I was averaging fifteen points a game. I, I was the leading scorer on this team. You know what? Somebody else will want me. I'll go do this, I'll go do that. And when when you live a life of just say, you know, anytime something just hits you, like anytime something isn't going your way, you decide to go somewhere else, I think that you run from, you know, what's really in the mirror. And at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not playing as good as I was early in the season. And I have to look in the mirror and become better for myself, better for my teammates. And I always got to put the team first um, because on paper, you look at it, man. You, If you continue, if you keep Kanye, you have Ace and those guys continue to grow. That could be a dynamic duo in the Big Ten and in the nation. And now we're looking at a situation where, you know, I mean, we wish Kanye the best wherever he goes. And obviously now Ace has to take on a larger role, which and other guys are stepping up and, you know, that show last night with their win. But I just, I, I, it, it bothers me and I'm disappointed in the whole situation about, I felt like, Hey, you know what, because of the transfer portal, you know what, I'll just leave and I'll go somewhere else. And, and yeah, for it, me, yeah, I, I and, and, and I'm sorry, John, but even for me, I had the opportunity to leave when, you know, when coach, right. When coach DeCellis left and, you know, that was the adversity for me. He's like, all right, man, I got a new coach. He's going to bring his own guys in. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. But for me, I felt like, you know what? I had signed up for this, and I'm going to stick through it. There are going to be some ups and downs. Hey, we're gonna, there's going to be some some pains. But at the end of the day, I felt like that's what's got me to where I was to be a 10-year pro, to be an eight-year eight NBA pro because of the times I was able to stick through it all, stick through the worst, stick through when things weren't going my way. And a lot of times and a lot of times in life, man, things aren't going to go your way. And you have to be able to stick through that, be able to continue to play and just, hey, look in the mirror. Like my thing, I had to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I could go somewhere else. I could go close to home. Everybody's saying, hey, this is what I should do. This is what I could go another Big Ten school. I can go back to the West Coast. I can go live in L.A. Live with, you know what I mean? There's always these old type of things of what you could do. But at the end of the day, look in the mirror and say, you know what? I started this and I know I can achieve and I could be an all Big Ten guard. Why not stay here and do that? And um but again, I'm, I'm talking, you know, this is all speculation and, you know, I mean, the only people that really knows the truth is, is Kanye's teammates and, and Coach Rhodes. So, but I, I'm really disappointed in that, how this situation happened, even if he decided to leave at the end of the year. But I still believe you stick throughout, you stick it throughout, stick it throughout the rest of this year, because not, not, not necessarily for yourself, but for your teammates. Yeah. And that's like, this is what makes this like such a complicated situation. Right. And. And, you know, I, I said I didn't see it ending like this. I think once he, unfortunately, and like, because you hate to see this stuff, especially once he suffered the suffered the injury against Michigan and had the concussion yeah. and missed a couple games, you saw some of the, uh, what the team looked like without him and that maybe there was a, I don't want this to come off as like me bashing Kanye, to be clear. Like Kanye, every interaction I've had with him is great. He's a nice kid. Like he's always been incredibly you know what I mean? Uh, forthcoming with his time. He's always been honest with us in the media. Anytime I've had a chance to talk to him at whether it's preseason this year, or he's at the podium this year, media day, all that stuff. Like he's always been fantastic. Uh, yeah. And I think he's a good kid. And I think he's going to get things figured out and have success at the next school. Uh, but I, I do think like that was kind of the window into, okay, maybe the best version of this 
Penn State team or Penn State program even next year is one that maybe is you scale back the the Kanye centric stuff offensively. The ball moves more. He picks his spots a little more and it becomes more of a movement based offense rather than isolation, pick and roll scoring and everything. And I think things kind of went by the wayside a little bit as that turned into he lost minutes, right? Like Mm -hmm. he just wasn't playing as much when he came back from, from the concussion and you saw that it just, he looked, he looked more unsure of himself when he was on the court, right? Like he was making, I I brought up on a recent podcast when I think it was against Northwestern, he drives to the lane and he tries a floater through contact. And then the next time he gets in the lane, there's no one there. And like, he can get to that floater a little easier, but he kicks it out to kind of no one. And it felt like he was indecisive a little bit in that moment. And I think that's a good, like, uh, that is a nice window into all of it, right? Like that's kind of the whole thing, right? Like the, the, the lack of cohesion when he was on the court, when he re- returned and they had had success without him. And you have to balance like assimilating your leading score in when, when you're having success without him on the court. Okay. What does that mean? Is it a coincidence? Like, was it something, was it just happenstance based on the opponent or was it real? And is there something that needs to be figured out? I think it was real. I think pretty clearly the Penn state staff decided it was real when they scaled his minutes back and kind of tried to reassimilate him in differently. I mean, it it seems obvious that there was clearly disagreement about that. Uh, I've seen a lot of people speculating about like academics and stuff. That's, I mean, totally unfair to the kid to do stuff like that, I think. Uh, But like from a basketball standpoint, I think it was becoming increasingly clear that the fit maybe wasn't there. Like you said, you, you, you hate to see it blow up to this, right. Turn into the dismissal where, you know, uh, Rhodes said he took ownership of it. He said it was coach's decision to dismiss him from the team uh, and, and for him not to finish the year, but you hate to see it get to that point uh, because I think it's fair to say that all parties, I'm trying, again, I'm trying to be careful about what I say, uh, but yeah. all parties are at fault on some level in this. And I think it, you know, everyone kind of has to take ownership of that. My, you know, you hope for Kanye that, like you said, we all need to self-evaluate all the time. I'm constantly doing it in my line of work. I'm sure you were constantly doing it too, right? Like you're trying to figure out what you're doing wrong, what you need to do better. I think what he probably has to do from an on-court standpoint is kind of figure that out, figure out what the him being on the ball means for his teammates, what it looks like in a way that helps his teammates, in a way that, that elevates the team because uh, it clearly wasn't working late here. And I think, you know, for the, for the sake of the program, I think, I don't know that it impacts much because like I said, this was something that I I kind of thought anyway. was coming yeah. at the end of the season. It just happened in a different way and it, it's going to look different for what four more regular season games and then whatever postseason, you know, that's big 10 tournament and any other tournament. But yeah, I just think like, I, I think on some level you're right that it, it does allow that maybe when adversity hits that you just don't have to, you don't have to look like, okay, how am I going to fix this? You can look at like, okay, I'll just go somewhere else at the end of the year, which can lead to other stuff and, and, and the things you do. And uh, yeah, I, I think like I'm a, uh, to be clear, I'm a fan of the transfer portal. I think, cause we see coaches like up and hightail it out yeah. of there, like nothing all the time. Right. And like, I, I get annoyed. This is a different conversation. You're seeing all of the, like all in college football, like coaches are jumping for the NFL cause it's too much work. Now there's NIL, there's the transfer portal. So when a kid has too much work, it's it's shameful and stuff. And, and to be clear, I'm not talking about you saying this because I do agree with the things that you said. It's you know when a kid like as runs into adversity, they're not allowed to leave. But coaches, when they run into adversity, they immediately leave, and that's okay. Right? Yeah. Like I hate that double standard, and I don't think that's something you would say. But I've seen this from 
other people that are putting that out there. I think all of these people, like coaches included, like should stick through. Like if you if you really care about the development of kids and and players and young student athletes, like men and women, like you should stay in college sports and do that, right? Like if that's really what you cared about this whole time, you should be doing that. Uh, and, and I don't think just having to deal with NIL and everything suddenly makes it so untenable that they must leave. But in the same in the same vein, I think players should be sticking through that too, right? Like, like sure. you you I understand wanting to maximize your earning potential. It's different for guys who have like legitimate NBA aspirations who know how good they are, uh, and guys that I think like you know what I mean. It's like okay, I'm not getting yeah. playing time here. The coach maybe doesn't like me. I got to get out so I can do a year somewhere else and then get off to the NBA for maybe it's personal reasons, help your family, whatever. You know what I mean? Like guys have motivations that I'm, you know, I fully understandable about. But I think for a lot of guys, like their time will come, right? Like I I think Jameel Brown is a nice example of this. He could have left after last season when the, so Jameel committed to Purdue, decommitted and committed to Penn state because he was, because Micah Shrewsbury was his primary recruiter at Purdue, follows him to Penn state, ends up staying at Penn state instead of leaving after his first year. And you're seeing him, not just like make the shots that you expect him to make. I mentioned last night he had that steal that led to Puff Johnson's mm-hmm. layup. He had a couple deflections early where he's like, you can see it's like kind of clicking, right? Cause he's still really young. He is a kid. Like a lot of these guys are kids and you can, but you can see that it's clicking where it's like, okay, the scheme is making sense. He's making, he's being aggressive at the right times, right? Like the effort was always there, but now it's starting to connect with him and he's starting to feel more comfortable and he's like taking a step. Right. And, and Jamila is someone I think that could end up having a, a pretty big role here down the stretch and uh, being an important player for this program moving forward. And he, he stuck through it, right? Like yeah. he, he had big games earlier this season, but didn't see it rewarded with playing time because as Rhodes said, it, those games were really essentially about his scoring, right? And they weren't about the other stuff. Uh, and so that other stuff started, started to come together. And, you know, before the end of his sophomore year, it looks like he's going to be a key rotation piece moving forward. And I just think that's like, there is a lot of value to working through difficult times, right? And I'm not here to make those judgments because guys deal with stuff behind the scenes all the time. Yeah. And I think you, you would agree with that, that like there could be other potential factors that lead to guys transferring right. to and everything like that. But it, when it's strictly like I'm not playing enough uh, and that's kind of the entire basis of it, I understand. And two, like sometimes those guys transfer down a level and it's like, okay, that's probably the level maybe someone should have been playing at the whole time. Like maybe they're just mm-hmm. not the level of player to play at, you know, a, a high major school or whatever. I don't think that's the case with Kanye, to be clear. I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up at a high major school. But I just think like if you are good enough and you want that, like work for it and go get it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I believe in those things. But I, again, I don't, I don't want to like make this a broader, everyone should stay everywhere at all times thing. But when when the, the when the reasons are solely I'm not getting enough playing time and I think I'm good enough to, I think working through it is a is a it's a perfectly good solution to that. Uh, and me, I, you for, know, I, I just me, think John, other guys before, don't always do it. Right for me, John, just to go back to the whole the Kanye piece on it when I was saying that he should stick through it because of you mentioned, hey, it's four regular season games left in the Big Ten right. tournament, and my thing for it to become to a point to where hey, it's gotten to the point it was like hey. I'm, I'm putting myself in coaches who was like, Hey man, we can't have this guy around. It was untimely. Right. So that's what, that's my frustration with the point, because at the end of the day, that means you put yourself in front of them. Even if it comes to the, Hey, that minutes went from 20 to 15. And even if it went down to 10, um, things change. There's a roller coaster in all, in all of a season. Hey, you, unfortunately you got injured. Unfortunately, some things happen. Guys have stepped up, but you got to understand like 
my thing was that you had to put the team first. So therefore, if it meant for, hey, I got to take a back seat for this, everybody's seen what you can do. There's no there's no doubt about you can score the ball and guys, but there's some things that happen in, 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 a, in a season. And my thing is, like, I felt like he didn't put his team first. You have to look in the mirror, continue to get better. Are you putting, are you doing this? Are you getting at the extra shots? Are you watching film? Are you having these coaches, these talks with the coaches and assistant coaches? What can I do to get back my minutes? Hey, how can I do this? What What did you see here? Like, are you doing those things? Because I've been in a situation where, hey, man, I, the game of basketball and a game of and being a pro is, is, is a lot of it is based on opportunity. And now you have to look in that mirror and be like, you know what, I've, I, the opportunity that I had to be a Penn State, to lead Penn State to a postseason or whatever it may be, even if it was just for the one year before you move on, I have four more games or five more games and, and to be with this team to, you know, continue to grow as a team and make me the best team I can be. But instead, I put myself in front of all of it. Again, this is speculation. I hate to speak on it because we don't know. But it seems like, hey, I put it was too bad for me to be around to to the point to where we had to coach had to dismiss me from the team. And my thing, yeah. it, it hurts you as well, because at the, center, at the end of the day, now what's your normal day is of coming to practice, going, doing this, all that stuff is out the door. So now how are you continuing to work on your game? How are you continuing to get better? How are you continuing to do this? Where are you going? You're going to uh, what was the gym? Uh, not the hub. The other rec, uh, you know what I mean? I you am rec- yeah, where are you going to play basketball? The I am building, you know what I mean? I, I I don't see it. I think that you just have to put the team first. You have to move on. I, I agree what you said, but transfer portal, I agree. Hey, man, some things, some things just don't work. And you know what? Hey, right. I made the wrong decision. I need to go somewhere else. But I think for this decision, we saw how good he was. You saw how he was able to put the ball in a basket. He was able to help his team. But at the end, it became about him and not about the team. And I, and I give credit to Coach Rhodes because at the end of the day, to be able to let you – to say, you know what, I'm going to let my leading scorer go because, he, you know what I mean, the team, he's not bigger than the team. That takes some balls, you know, especially because a lot of people are going to look and be like, damn, we let the leading scorer go. You know what I mean? I think it's a little easier now because the transfer portal. But we talk about years ago, you talk about, hey, you know what, I'm going to let Taylor Battle go or something like that. You you know, people be looking at you crazy. Like, what? How are you going to do something like that? So um, I give credit to Coach Rhodes. I think um, I hate to even – you know, what I mean, we having this discussion about Kanye because I do think he's a great player and I do think he has a chance to become a good pro. Um, but I want to continue to give credit to that rec hall and the fans that showed yeah. up yesterday because they they were tremendous. You know, what I mean, you saw the, the videos, every video you have of them storming the court, man, it, it's pretty awesome. And it brought back chills and memories for me as well. And I'm sure it did for a lot of the former players that were able to watch and see um see that again where the fans would be able to interact with the fans on the court after you just be a top 15 team. So I, I get to make sure we gave credit to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. that was, it was one of those things. Like I stood up because the fans are like right in front of us on press row. And like when they yeah. stand up, you can't like, there's a part of the court you can't see. So I was like standing at the end too. You know what I mean? Most mm-hmm. of press row was so we could like shoot video of it. And by the way, if you'd like to see video of that, uh, it is on my Twitter at at John Sovereign. You can find it on SaturdayDaily.com. Always a company man here. Uh, but no, I, I think just to, to tie a bow on, on the, uh, the Kanye situation, like I said, I don't, I don't want this to come off as if he's a hundred percent at fault here. I think right. if you talk to all parties involved, everyone would say that they wish they had handled things differently. This kind of thing. You look back in a few years, like everyone's going to learn from this, right? Like everyone's going to adjust, um, I don't want to be the one to apportion blame, but I do think that that is true on some level for pretty much everyone involved, which I mean, that's how a lot of these things go. Right. And, and like you said, I think 
I think Kanye is a talented player. Like I said, he's a, he's a, he's a good kid. I, every interaction I've had with him is positive. He's always very kind. Uh, and I don't want this to come off as anything other than that. Cause I've seen, you see, this is the other thing. He goes in the portal. People are, are tweeting at him or he goes, sorry, not goes in the portal. I would assume he will go in the portal at the end of the year, but uh, he, he gets dismissed from the team. People are tweeting at him. Like, it's just, it's not necessary. Like well, I, did, is, I saw something he, he tweeted after the game and I think he tweeted. He was happy for Jamil. Jamil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know what I mean? I think, you know, I, I read through and I saw it, man, people were saying, Hey, wish you the best. But so. Yeah. I saw a I bunch think, of that. And you see like once every like seven, you see yeah, people yeah. like doing the stuff that they're always doing. Like stop. I cannot stress this enough. One, stop tweeting at recruits specifically. Two, yeah. stop tweeting mean things at people. It's just, we just don't have to yeah. do it. There's no need. But I th- we live in a world of clickbait, man. I, we live in a world where, you know, if he responds, then that, you know what I mean? It turns then, into something else. Someone's yeah, satisfied you get your, because you they- get your five seconds of fame. Yeah, it's right. People just, people just trying to draw a reaction. And that's what, like, right. the biggest thing I've learned in, in this industry with me. Like, because I have, I understand that my, I'm more publicly facing, right? Like, I do this podcast, mm-hmm. I do the uh the Nittany Dispatch football podcast too. Like I, I, I'm out there. People are, see my face. Yeah. And like, so people can attack you more easily. Like you go to comment sections on YouTube. They aren't particularly fun, but people just want, a lot of people just want a reaction. Kanye, I don't think has replied to any of it. Good for him. Like that's, Good he's handling him. that part of it. Well, like, but yeah, just stop tweeting at people mean stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. just, it's not necessary. Uh, but no, I if, think that if, is if a, John, if I could tell you, I'll tell you, if I could tell you some of the stuff I've seen, I've got, oh, I'm sure tweets and dms uh, and we talk about grown men and women like yes listen i can't i can't promise that when you were a sixer that i didn't say some of those things when watching you play (laughs) but i didn't tweet them and like i can say that in my room by myself watching that game and listen i'm at least owning it to you right now that i probably said some shit at the time I'm sure you did, man. The, the, the whole <laughs> Philly city, you know, just anybody that put on a jersey was getting a wrath from Philly. Yeah, Still listen, to this it's, day, like you, it's a it's a passionate city. We we love our sports teams. Like it's uh, there's nothing quite like it. That's that's for sure. Uh, but I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Uh, if you'd like to follow Tim, you can follow him on Twitter as well at timphrase23. You can follow me on Twitter at John Sauber. Like I said, you can find my writing at centerdaily.com. There's actually been a lot of basketball stuff there recently. Some uh, you know stuff on the, the Kanye situation, some stuff on what this team is moving forward, which is, I think, for, for fans, they should be excited. And I think this is an exciting time. And you and I will be back uh, to presumably talk about this team in, a, I'm sure, a completely different light because they go one direction and then swing wildly in the other very yeah. quickly. So. We'll see how this goes, but it's like thank John. It's, it, it's, it's like it's like John. It's like they they strike out three but three times, and then the fourth at bat they just hit home runs, man. Yeah, it's a it's base are loaded. The <laughs> or games, they hit a grand it's three slam, nothing. They're like, down. You know? They hit a grand slam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Every single time. So very excited for them to presumably I don't know lose to Indiana and then beat Iowa or lose these last four and then win the Big Ten tournament, something right. like that. I'm sure. Uh, but we'll be here to, to follow it along and talk to you guys all along the whole way. So thank you for tuning in. Have a great day.